This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. This episode is part of the second series. Chronologically, it falls somewhere before episode 35. The title of this episode is The Right Stuff. That's right, W-R-I-T-E, The Right Stuff. The Right Stuff. I want to learn to write, declared Kelda. Kelda moved from Vancouver to Walnut Crescent after her husband died. She wanted to be closer to her daughter and granddaughter. She was a newly minted senior who enjoyed exploring the world of seniors' discounts. She attended Spanish classes and helped out at the Arts Centre, but since the cute little foxes had eaten her cute little cat, she no longer hosted cat club meetings, and time was hanging heavy on her hands. She needed a new interest. Short stories, I think, she said. I like to write short stories and publish them in a book. Then I'd sit in bookstores all across Canada, signing books for people. I'd like that. Of course, only for a couple of weeks at a time. I'd want to be back here in Yukon with Laurel and Andrea most of the year. Laurel was her daughter, and Andrea was her granddaughter. They lived in Porter Creek, not far from Walnut Crescent. Kelda had been dropping in for afternoon tea with increasing frequency. I did contract projects at home while Chuck was at work and Alex was at school, and Kelda's visits were becoming a bit of a bother. So in self-defense, I decided I would do what I could to help her learn about writing short stories. I remembered seeing something on Artsnet about monthly writer's circle meetings, so I dug that out, gave it to her, and sent her off. That reduced the number of visits for a while, but eventually she started coming back again for tea. The writer's group didn't really work for me, reported Kelda. Nobody there knew how to write. They were all struggling beginners, just like me, or even worse. And somebody would suggest that we write about some random topic, like snow, for instance. So we'd all write for 20 minutes and then share what we had written. Everyone's writing was just random thoughts that went nowhere. No beginning, no end. But I want to write stories, and 20 minutes about snow didn't help. Even when I got home and tried to write on my own, I figured that the time in the group wasn't helping. I didn't have any more suggestions. Uh, luckily, Kelda was ahead of me. So I googled around to see what I could find, said Kelda, holding her teacup carefully. CBC has some good stuff on their Canada Rights site, some ideas and articles, and contests. But I have a new idea. I'm going to become a storyteller. That sounds interesting, I said, but, but what do you mean exactly, storyteller? Well, I still have to write the story, explained Kelda, but there's a storytelling group that meets down at well-read books every couple of weeks. People tell their stories. It, it's not reading, it's, it's telling. So you have to practice and know your story well enough to tell it without notes and make it sound natural. That's what I'm going to do. It's far enough outside my comfort zone to be a challenge. About a month later, Kelda invited Chuck and me to hear her debut as a storyteller at Well Read Books. I want somebody there I know, she declared, and you'll recognize the story. So Chuck and I appeared at the bookstore a bit before the 7 p.m. start time on storytelling evening. It was a good place for stories. It's one of my favorite places, but I don't visit often enough. There were lots of books, of course, and about 25 chairs pulled up around the raised platform at one end. Most of the chairs were occupied. Kelda whispered to me that she was nervous. There were three storytellers that evening. The first was a woman from Dawson, whose grandfather had worked on the gold dredges. She told about the day her grandfather took her out to the dredge and let her help in the control room. It was a wonderful story. 
about her relationship with her gruff on the outside but kind on the inside grandfather, and it included a lot of interesting detail about how the dredges actually worked. The second storyteller was Carl, a well-known white horse businessman who had immigrated from Germany years ago and now ran a network of tourism-related companies. I didn't quite see the point of his story, which seemed to be a collection of unconnected vignettes illustrating the apparent cleverness of his children, but okay. And then it was time for Kelda's story. She sat on the chair at the front and glanced around calmly before starting. She didn't seem nervous. I did recognize her story. She told about the Condor, the Sunday direct flight from Frankfurt, about the jet-lagged European tourists the next morning, conspicuous in their slightly different clothing, their early morning group search for coffee, and their filling of rented RVs with large quantities of superstore groceries on Monday afternoon. Then she went on with her account of the German couple at our walnut crescent bed and breakfast, one who spoke better English than the other. They were the ones who had come to experience the Yukon wilderness, but got off to an unfortunate start by spraying themselves with bear spray, thinking it was bear repellent. She tied the whole story up with a nice reflection on nature and the things that we Yukoners take for granted. It was a lovely story, very well presented. Kelda beamed as people applauded. But before the applause had quite tailed off, Carl got up and started to speak. I have never been so insulted in all my life, he said loudly. You have insulted my race, the German race. As if Germans would be jet-lagged after only eight hours on a plane. Or as if they wear funny clothes or don't speak English. And of course, no German would ever spray themselves with bear spray. This is a racist story that makes fun of Germans. If German tourists knew you were racist, they would stop coming to Yukon, and that would be a major blow to the Yukon economy. The room became very quiet. I attributed Carl's use of German race to an unfortunate selection of words with uncomfortable connotations in his second language. My husband was not quite ready to let that go, however. Well, Chuck said after a long, uncomfortable pause, as everyone avoided each other's gaze and shifted uneasily, in some races, he emphasized the word races, in some races, the ability to laugh at oneself is the mark of an evolved sense of humor. Hmm, not all races, I guess. Carl blinked in disbelief before replying. You follow insults with more insults, he declared. You have betrayed the Canadian way. With that, Carl turned and marched out of the bookstore, which again became deathly quiet. I glanced at Kelda, whose triumphant smile had dissolved in tears. What, 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 what did he mean about betraying the, the, the Canadian way? She finally asked. I'm not sure, I said. Maybe Carl expected you to apologize. Canadians apologize a lot, apparently. At least that's what some people say. Oh, well, I'm sorry he was insulted, said Kelda, but, but, but I don't think there's anything to apologize about. The tourists downtown on Mondays after the Condor, well, that's the way that some of them are. I've seen them and talked to them, personally. And the ones with the bear spray, well, we all saw that in your front driveway. And the whole street saw that, and, and you filled me in on the details. Kelda was too upset to drive home, so she rode with me. Chuck drove her car back to Walnut Crescent. I thought a lot over the next week about what had happened. Was Kelda's story inappropriate? Was it racism? I felt bad after the bear spray incident. 
We had assumed that our guests understood how to use it, but we didn't explain it further than showing them how to get the locking tab off. In retrospect, it was unreasonable for us to think that someone from an urban part of Europe would know all about bear spray. Wide diversity exists in any group of people, culture, or race. That means sweeping generalizations are unreasonable. It would certainly have been unreasonable for Kelda to say that every German was like the ones in the story. And that was not what she had said. But it was equally unreasonable for Karl to say that no German was like the ones in Kelda's story, because obviously there were some. Yes, and I guess it was unreasonable for Chuck to imply that Germans are all the same in their lack of humor. I guess the only fair generalization is about the diversity we have in Yukon. We have lots of different types of people with many different ideas about right and wrong. People have different backgrounds, life experience, and values. And sometimes we don't agree. I look on that great diversity as a good thing. But now we always carefully explain about bear spray to our visitors. Kelda was naturally upset about the whole incident. She wanted to quit writing and take up quilting, competitive dog sled racing, or something completely different. But I told her truthfully that she was good at writing and storytelling and encouraged her to continue. I made a few suggestions, not many, and helped her edit the story. Kelda's story did not win the CBC Short Story Prize that year, but she was on the short list of 20 finalists. People mentioned that at Well-Read Books, where she had become a regular on storytelling evenings. There was some discussion on Artsnet about her accomplishment, and one of the papers wrote an article about the budding new Yukon writer and storyteller. And tourists still step off the Condor every week, all summer, for some reason, undeterred by racism. Maybe that's due to jet lag. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.